You're listening to audio from Crossroads Community Church, located in Fogelsville, Pennsylvania. If you want to learn more about C3 and what it is about, you can visit us at c3lehigh.com. And now, for today's sermon. If you would turn to Matthew chapter 5 with me, we're going to be continuing our series, uh, friendships, relationships, and everything in between. But specifically, the topic that we're covering is conflict resolution. And the reason why we're, we're tackling conflict resolution is because if you have um, a healthy way to deal with conflict, then most likely your relationships and friendships and everything in between will be healthier as a result of knowing how to handle conflict resolution. Conflict resolution is such an important skill to have that the Bible actually teaches us that conflict in our lives will determine our, or strengthen or weaken our relationship with Jesus Christ. Conflict is so important that Jesus teaches us throughout his word how to handle conflict. Conflict, when we start to have conflict and we have unforgiveness in our lives, the Bible says, you know, God, Jesus literally speaks to this topic. He says, you know, if you can't forgive others, then how am I supposed to forgive you? And there's these teachings after teaching after teaching that tells us about the importance of conflict resolution. It will impact your spiritual walk with Jesus. It will impact your growth in your relationship to God, and it will even impact your personal character as a person. Conflict resolution is so important that there is actually a, a, a statistic based out of Forbes that said that conflict resolution is in the top three skills that major corporations ask of and are looking for in CEOs and business people all around. Conflict resolution. And yet it's not a skill that can be bought. How many of you know that? It's not a skill that can be bought. It's not a skill that's even taught in our schools. And yet, is it a fun, it's a fundamental pillar to our lives because it deeply impacts our relationships with bosses, spouses, friends, and so on and so forth. Conflict resolution matters. And if we were being brutally honest, our culture and country... We are really bad at this. We are really good at writing off people, though. We are really good at, even on social media, kind of going along with the teaching of all I have to do is block them and that's it. All I have to do is mute their opinion and they no longer matter. And then we have these biblical teachings that teach us to go to the person and reconcile and salvage the relationship in a godly manner. Conflict resolution, it's important. How many of you would agree with that? And most of all, and this is my first point with you this morning, is resolving conflict matters to God. It matters to him. And friend, whatever matters to God should matter to us. When the Bible starts pointing out things that that God's heart is aligned with and that he teaches us about with kingdom value, how many of you know that our ears should be open? We should be paying attention to that. Conflict resolution, resolving conflict matters to God. Matthew chapter five, verses 23 through 25. That's Matthew chapter five, verses 23 through 25 says this. 
Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there is a member that you're, remember that your brother or sister has something against you, here it is, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and reconcile to them. Then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way or your adversary may hand you over to the judge and the judge may hand you over to the officer and you may be thrown in prison. And so there's two thoughts here in this verse. First, if you notice, verse 23 has the presumption that the other person is wrong. And then down here at verse 25, it takes on a new look that has the presumption that you are in the wrong. And in both matters, whether we are in the right or whether we are in the wrong, Jesus is saying, go address it. Go reconcile. And I, this powerful illustration, he says, leave your gift at the altar. In that moment, there are so many undertones and so many lessons that Jesus is teaching us in this moment. He's, he's literally saying, if you want a true act of worship, if you want to worship me and honestly offer an offering to me, then go and reconcile that relationship. That's powerful, friends. When he's teaching those around him, he's saying, if you honestly want to honor me, if you honestly want to show me your worship, then go and reconcile the relationship. And he goes on to talk about there's a sense of urgency. Take care of it now. Jesus steps in and is essentially saying reconciliation is more important than your worship. Reconciliation is the heart of worship. If you want to truly worship me, you'll go and make things right with that person that you have an issue with. Whether you are the one in the right or whether you are the one in the wrong, go and take care of it. Here's how important conflict resolution and forgiveness is to God. Matthew eleven twenty five, and you stand praying. If you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your father in heaven may forgive you. This single verse, Jesus says that unforgiving conflict will result in a hindrance in your prayers. It will result in a hindrance. In 1 Peter 3, 7, he tells us that it will literally, he says, go and reconcile the relationship so that nothing hinders your prayers and discuss that. And it will impact your relationship with God. The verse says that it will impact your relationship with God. God cares about conflict resolution. Thank God that he cares about conflict resolution. Here's the deal. When we hold things against someone and become bitter and angry and unforgiving, it isn't hurting the other person. When we live our lives in bitterness with this kind of, well, they'll get theirs mentality, the irony in this situation is it isn't hurting the other person. I recently, some of you guys have been uh, uh, texting me and calling me and telling me about how when we started preaching on this topic last week, um, the comment that I got is, Pastor, I had conflict Monday. You didn't tell me it would happen that quick. Because if you remember, I I warned y'all, when we start talking about conflict resolution, guess what God does? (laughs) He gives you an opportunity to resolve conflict. And one of the stories that an individual came in and shared with me is they said, you know, there was somebody in my life that we hadn't talked to one another in four to five years. Just because we grew apart, they went on to tell me, they said, you know, what was really confusing about this situation is I checked in with this other person that I hadn't talked to in years. Hey, how you doing? 
And their response was kind of, it's about time you reached out to me. And they went on to say how they startled at this response, kind of started investigating and said, what are you talking about? The other person that they hadn't spoken to in years said, you know, I'd been praying that the Lord would divinely reveal to you how you offended me. I'm not sure what scripture that's based off of, but um, God love them. And so in this situation, they went on to say how they, they reconciled the relationship. And I just sat there and I said, my goodness, Imagine the friendship and memories that you could have made in those four to five years that are now lost. And all that had to happen is you go to them. And then here Jesus says, you not only go to them, but you go to them with a sense of urgency. With the uttermost, this is important. This is more important than my worship right now. And all it would have taken is to go and approach them. But rather than that, and isn't that the irony is I, I really hope that we focus in on this point that the individual who said, I, I hope that I'd hope that you would come to this realization was of this mindset of they're hurting. I'm showing them. And the other person that they had kind of exiled had no idea. When we hold on to anger and bitterness, friends, it doesn't impact the other person. It starts to impact you, your relationship with Jesus, your spiritual growth, and even down to your character. If God cares about conflict resolution so much that he warned us that it would hinder the body of Christ in 2 Corinthians, if he warned us that it can put our relationship on hold with him, if he warned us that it can hinder our prayers and then went to teach us how to resolve conflict in a godly matter, then friends, conflict resolution should matter to us. We should care about resolving conflict in a godly manner too. God commands us to take care of it, warns us that if we don't, what will happen, and then gives us guidance on how to accomplish the task. Don't be a part of the American culture that writes people off and silences them. Our culture is really good at writing people off with the assumption that they lack intelligence. All through our politics, let's be honest, on both sides, friends, there is an assumption that if you don't agree with my political viewpoint, that you lack the intelligence to understand it. And therefore, we use that as a license to write the other individual off. And then we have this scripture that is in tandem with last week's scripture that's in Matthew 18 that says, go to your brother or sister privately. And if you remember last week's sermon, we see the progression of how we should be as we flow through that model. If God tells us to make resolving conflict a priority, then we should make it a priority. Amen, church? And here's the kicker. Out of being obedient to God, even though he doesn't owe us anything in this situation, Matthew 5, 9 says that you'll be blessed. It says, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. Being set free of bitterness and anger and hurt feelings, hear me out. Being set free of bitterness, anger and hurt feelings and training it for living a life that is in the fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. I would say that that's a blessed trade-off. 
When we trade bitterness and anger for love, joy, peace, patience, and so on and so forth, that's a no-brainer trade. Wouldn't you agree? And that's a blessed place to be. That's a place where I want to be. Amen, church? That's a place where God is calling us to be. I'm so thankful that God, the verse didn't say, vengeance is yours. You get them back. I'm so thankful that God looks at this situation, teaches us how to handle it, and then says, you know what? If the other person doesn't forgive you, doesn't reconcile, that's on them. You are set free. I'm so thankful that God not only calls us to a higher standard, but friends, anytime God calls us to a higher standard, he teaches us how to reach that, st- that standard and enables us through the power of his Holy Spirit to achieve it. Aren't you thankful that he doesn't just leave us hanging? Come on, I need a better amen than that this morning. There we go. The next principle that this scripture teaches us is to not only resolve the conflict, but to do it quickly. Matthew 5, 25 says, settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Settle matters quickly, as soon as possible. There's a sense of urgency in most of the scriptures that deal with resolving conflict. I just, I want to pause here for a moment. Resolve it quickly. You know, we have stupid sayings in our American language. If you ever caught on to that, one of them is time heals all things. Let me paint you a picture. (laughs) Your house is on fire and you sit back on the couch and say, eh, it'll eventually go out. Time heals all things. (laughs) If, if I get shot, (laughs) My first instinct isn't going to be to sit there and go, ah, time heals all things. <laughs> I'll be good. It'll eventually heal itself. If my house is on fire, I'm not going to wait for it to go out. You know when it's going to go out? <laughs> when everything is burned down. <laughs> and so it is in our relationships where sometimes we step back and we honestly believe that ah, they just need time. And I understand that to an extent with temperament. If you know your temper and you say, pastor, I need a little bit to process, then amen. But let's not use it as an excuse or an escape hatch from the situation at hand. He says not only to approach the conflict, but he says, do it quickly. Time does not heal all things. It almost reminds me of that saying, sticks and stones. And how many of you know that isn't true? Words hurt. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And we can easily see this when we look at toddlers and when we raise them and how parents, your words never stop shaping and impacting your children. Still to this day, when my dad offers me a compliment, it means the world to me because it's coming from my dad. And I know it's therefore genuine. Our words shape people. Our words mold people. And how many of you know that that is a responsibility and then some to handle? And so we have sticks and stones and then we have this time heals all things. How many of you know that time does not heal all things? If anything, as time goes on, our sensitivity towards the situation enhances. 
Because I don't know if you have this problem. Maybe it's just a redhead thing. I don't know. But there's times where when there's a situation that's bugging me, when there's a disagreement, I lose sleep over it. Does anybody else? Don't leave me hanging. Thank you. Amen. Thanks, Jack. Jack deals with it too, people. We're good. Fan it out, Jack. Fan it out. And so, so I, I, I look and I, I just become a sponge where I constantly think of every way that I could approach the situation. I start strategizing how I want to handle this conflict. What is the best way? If I go into this and this individual has their defense walls up, how do I get beyond that so that we can come on a level playing field? I start obsessing about every area. As a matter of fact, you will find if you text me on a Sunday, I most likely won't respond unless it's an emergency. Why? Because I'm the type of person Person in my personality where I am a fixer and I will automatically start thinking and obsessing and strategizing how I can fix the situation. Friend, I can tell you that time does not heal all things. And I believe that Jesus knew that. And he knew that a lot of us would have the personalities where we obsess. And so his words and all of his great wisdom He says, not only do I want you to go to that person, but I want you to go quickly. Matthew 25 and eight verse in chapter, excuse me, Matthew 25, excuse me, five verses 25 in chapter 18 teaches us to seek and resolve a conflict as soon as possible. Things only get worse as time goes on, friends. And Jesus taught us in Matthew chapter five, verses nine, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. People will know you friends by your peacemaking. When you and I resolve godly conflict, it exemplifies Christian values. It exemplifies the biblical standard for morality. It is our testimony. That's what I'm getting at this morning. When we resolve conflict, it is not only important to God, it is not only imperative for our growth, but it is literally a testimony to the world around us. And I can't help but feel like our testimony to the world around us has become weakened because when we don't fulfill the actions, we lose the testimony. God called us to be peacemakers. And hear me out. Keeping the peace does not mean remaining silent. Keeping the peace does not mean a call to being passive. Keeping the peace does not mean, uh, does not mean that we ignore the conflict at hand. Keeping the peace means that we approach the issue at hand in a godly, loving manner. Time does not work in our favor in situations where there's conflict. It gives the enemy more time to work in our minds and it gives the enemy more time to manipulate our emotions. Time does not work in our favor. And just as we discussed, after he tells us to be peacemakers, he then tells us to do it quickly. Before you come and worship me, take care of your relationships, disagreements, and conflicts. Jesus' words. Our desire to take care of conflict has to outweigh the fear of approaching conflict. The goal is to honor God, fulfill his word, 
and those commandments to fulfill God's word and honor him must outweigh our fear to approach the topic. So I ask this question, where does this strength that helps us resolve conflict come from? Hear me out. It takes courage to approach somebody close to us who has offended us and discuss the offense. Can we all agree on that? Because I feel like sometimes, once again, especially guys, we're horrible at this. We want to be like, tough guy, don't bother me any. That's a lie. It takes guts. It takes strength to go to a father, a mother, a sibling, a family member that has deeply hurt us in one way or another and address the issue at hand. And sometimes it's difficult to address an issue because of the opposite side of that, because we genuinely love the other person. We love them so much that we don't want to address the issue because we don't want hurt feelings. We don't want them to, to get this negative perception of how we see them. The, the genuine um, heart to see growth in their life and love for their life is present. And that might be the thing that keeps us, hinders us from approaching them and dealing with the conflict. Is this making sense? So it takes strength, friends, Especially when you're in the midst of the conflict and there might be accusation maids that call, your question, your, call into question your character, call into question your relationship with Jesus, call into question who you are as a person. And we need words that are beyond ourselves. How are we supposed to give answers to this? And in those moments, I ask the question, where does our strength come from? Strength to address conflict comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. You guys gave me a good amen on that. I appreciate that. Made me feel like we were Pentecostal. That's good. First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. All of your anxiety, not some, not a portion. How much of it? All of it. First Corinthians chapter two, verses 12 through 13 says this. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, thank God, but the spirit who is from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not words taught to us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. The scripture says that he takes all of our anxiety. And then we learn that not only is he taking our anxiety in this situation, but he's giving us the words. Worship team, would you come? Giving us words that go beyond our understanding, friends. Words that are not taught to us that we can't, we can't receive from school or education, although that is vitally important. But the Bible says that in your situations and any situation in the world around us that the Holy Spirit will give us wisdom and understanding beyond that, beyond our understanding. Friends, I, it, nobody enjoys conflict. If you're here today and you're like, pastor, I love conflict. You need another sermon. <laughs> Just saying. 
But for the most part, nobody enjoys conflict. And as we've already talked about, conflict, it's tough. With a desire to see the other person's growth, which is what we talked about last week. When we handle conflict, it's not out of a spirit. It's not out of a, an attitude of, I'm going to show them. It's out of a heart that says, I just want to see them grow so that this situation doesn't keep coming up in their lives. And in the midst of that, it's also a desire for that reconcile relationship to kind of happen so that we can get back on track. Nobody enjoys conflict. And aside from being set free from bitterness and anger and having our relationship with Jesus strengthened, there is one more benefit. There's another benefit to this, to you and I addressing conflict. And it's this, it's general growth in our spiritual life. Conflict is necessary for growth. It has to happen. We cannot earn, excuse me, we cannot buy the skills necessary to resolve conflict. And I would even say that academically, you, can't, you can get some principles, some advice on how to handle conflict. But I'm of the belief that the only way you can truly learn how to navigate conflict is to go through conflict. Romans 5, 3 through verses 5 says this, not only so, but also in the glory of our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance produces character and character brings hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The only way that you and I can grow in perseverance is to go through some suffering. It's what this verse says, not my words. It's what he said. The only way to experience growth is to go through some pain, to go through some trial. And some of, and, and it's, no, it's no coincidence that some of the most upstanding Christians that I have ever met are the ones with the most weighted testimony that I have ever encountered some of the most strong Christians that I have ever had the honor and privilege to be in the room with have testimonies that would shake us to our core. And that is not a coincidence. And this verse is exemplifying when it's a, when, when Jesus, when, when, when the Bible says that, that he makes all things work together for our good. Only God can take a situation. Hear me out, friends, because I'm closing soon. Only God can take a situation that was meant to take you out of the running of the game of life and use it for your benefit. Only my God can do something like that, where he takes words that were meant to tear. Come on, somebody. 
only my God can take words that were meant to tear you apart from his love so that you would never encounter him. Only he can take something that hurtful and painful and use it to strengthen you and give you a testimony. And then he goes beyond that and he causes your testimony to reach and exemplify his love to the world around us. What God do we serve? Who can do something like that? The only way that you and I grow in perseverance is by going through some trial, friend. If you feel like you're in the midst of trial today, take heart. God is equipping you and preparing you and he will use this circumstance and situation for your benefit because that's just how good God is. And I was warned last week by a friend of our congregation He said, you know, pastor, when we start dealing with topics like this, be aware of what comes out. And I so appreciated that because it's true. Friend, when we start opening up our hearts for God to work in our hearts, make no mistake, it's an emotional process. There's a lot of weight that comes to it, to it and through it but it's worth it. And so this morning for the prayer team members that I've already approached, I'm going to ask if you would come forward. And here's here's the deal. This morning, our prayer team members would like to just partner with you because of the body of, as the body of Christ, how many of you know that we're united? And we're here to pray for one another. It's biblical. It shows our support, but we're also taking these things to God and saying, Lord, your will, not mine. We're also seeking his wisdom in this time. Our prayer team members just want to be here to pray over you, help you. The altar is going to be open in just a moment. But friend, can I just tell you that if you haven't experienced conflict yet in life, it will happen. It's inevitable. Whether it's in marriage, friendships, relationship, work life, or on Highway 78, Oh, God, help them. You're going to experience conflict. Your kids will experience conflict. And we need Holy Spirit wisdom to guide us through those situations. As we talked about this morning in our prayer, if you try and stand up on your own accordance and you try and use your words to bring healing to a situation, if you try and approach it with your boldness and your might, friend, just going to keep falling down. But what makes all the difference is when we yield to scripture. Remember teachable? If we're teachable and we say, you know what, God, I'm going I'm to handle my conflicts in life according to your word, approaching them quickly, resolving the matter. And the biggest key to this is making sure that we are stopping and saying, Holy Spirit, would you move and work through my life? Because that's where the empowerment and courage and boldness and wisdom comes from. Can I hear an amen on that? Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? Every head bowed, every eye closed. In just a moment, we're going to open up these altars. We have prayer team members that would just love the opportunity to pray with you. 
And can I just encourage you that if you're here today and life is just grand and pastor, there's no conflict, I'm really happy for you. We still need prayer. (laughs) So I wanna encourage you. There's just something powerful when we start putting to action immediately. Immediately as a result of hearing God's word, when we start taking steps to say, Lord, I'm teachable. Lord, your will, not mine. There's something so profound. So I wanna encourage you this morning, friend, if you're currently going through conflict, we would love to just partner with you and pray over that need, that hurt, whatever it may be. And maybe on the flip side, you say, you know what, pastor, I'm not going through conflict, but I would love to grow in wisdom and understanding as a way to prepare for conflict that is yet ahead. We would love to join with you and pray over that. If you're here this morning, you say, pastor, there's conflict, but it is gonna be challenging. That opening up the heart with those hurts kind of thing that you mentioned, yeah, I'm gonna be doing that. We would especially love the opportunity to pray over that need. But friend, don't waste another second, another day by simply showing up to church with, by, and, and leaving the same person that you came in here as. God wants to bring about change and growth in your life. And we would love to pray over that in your life. Father, we love you so much, Lord Jesus. We thank you that you are equipping us and preparing us. Lord, we just pray over our country in this moment our divided country that seems to be so full of conflict. Lord, would you help us in these trying times exemplify Christ-like love by resolving conflict, by being peacemakers. And therefore, as we are known as peacemakers, we are therefore known as children of God. Lord, I pray that once again, as, as this year, as we go through this election year, Lord Jesus, and we see conflict continually stir up in our culture and, and, and continually rise to the surface, help us to be the ones who don't look lower our standards and go according to the precedence that the world sets. But Lord, I pray that we would go beyond that through the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, that we would rise above a worldly standard and that we would be raised to a godly standard according to your Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus. Help us, Lord, to reconcile. Help us to handle conflict according to your word, Lord Jesus. Now, Father, in this moment, as we open up these altars, Lord, I just pray that your will would be done once again, that you would have your way. God, help us to be molded and shaped by you and your word. I pray that our hearts would be open to not only receive from you. God, we don't want to be known as a people who show up and continually take from you. But Lord, I pray that we'd be a people who also show up to give to you whatever it is that you desire from us, whatever, whether it's some type of servanthood, whether it's things that we've held in our hearts and we've kind of said, you know what, God? I'll be the CEO of this area of my life. Help us to hand over those things into your hands, Lord Jesus. I pray that we would be teachable, Lord, and that we'd be molded and shaped by you and your word, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray your anointing upon this place. Have your way. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. We're gonna open up the altars during this time. If you have prayer needs, we'd love to partner with you. If you say, you know what, Pastor, I feel like I've done business with God, amen, that's awesome. I ask that you would please exit quietly as we have those who come forward. God bless you. This has been an audio recording from Crossroads Community Church. If you'd like to get in contact with us or learn more about us, you can follow us on social media at C3Lehigh or email us 
at info at c3lehigh.com. We'd love to hear from you.